You're listening to the Avoid the Trap Podcast, a show dedicated to helping bettors exploit the betting markets using unconventional strategies and tactics. Turn up the volume and listen closely. The show starts now. All right, guys, we are back with another episode of Avoid the Trap. Um, I'm your host, Micah Smith. We have two great sports betting legends, Antonino DeRosa and David Miller with us. This is our ninth episode, guys. Did you ever think we would make nine episodes? Uh, maybe not, but we're, we're going strong, man. Going strong, going strong. <laughs> Try to provide value. I thought we would. I thought we would. I thought we'd make a hundred. No. I think we're, we're going to run out of shit to talk about, I think, but... <laughs> it's never ending, man. Never ending. We can do this. We can do it. We can help people. Uh, <laughs> our boy D. Miller had a very bad beat last night. He's going to the Suns Nuggets games, buys the tickets. Tell him what happened, David. Well, well, it started, I, I, I forgot this part. I was walking out of the gym and I saw a girl. And as a pickup line, I go, let's go to the Nuggets game tomorrow. And then uh, she goes, okay. And I thought, uh-oh, <laughs> I have to actually take her. And then she was texting, yeah, I'll go. And then she canceled. And then so I said, all right, I'm just going to go and buy a real nice ticket. So there was a courtside one for about 4000 I bought it. I was excited. And then I called with an hour and a half and said, hey, they never transferred the ticket to me. And StubHub said, oh, we can't get a hold of the, the seller. And their company policy is you either get a full refund or they give you another ticket. But what I was saying is my ticket cost 4000 and the comparison tickets that they were trying to show me were just random tickets, like some even in the nosebleeds. So I was basically saying to the lady, all right, what if I get one of these ones for $1,000? you are going to give me the difference in cash, right? And she goes, no, it's just a straight trade. And I go, that's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. So anyway, one of my friends tried to warn me, don't use them. I thought they were all the same. I usually use Ticketmaster because I have the app on my phone, but they didn't have any courtside, any courtside ones there, only at StubHub. So I'll try to go on Sunday. I mean, I have a feeling the Suns probably win the next one. They, they are favored, so um, the odds are they win. But, yeah, it'll be a fun day here in Denver, you know, if the Nuggets win in seven. So, so I got to ask, man, I got to ask. So – if you get if you take your date, you don't sit courtside to impress her. No, no, <laughs> no. You're right, and I was thinking that because I'm like, damn, how? And then I decided, all right, I'll go with a thousand to 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 a ticket because it's a good spot. She goes, yeah, I live, you know, in the next building over. Hopefully, she never watches this. And so I'm kind of like weighing the pros and cons. All right, I have plenty of money at this point. If if I show her a good time. She might expect that type of stuff every time, but I really well would get my foot through the door. Probably, I was just weighing the pros and cons. You know? Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta save the course. I think it's for at least like you know a few months in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I have to ask. Then speaking of the Nuggets, if the Lakers play the Nuggets, sir, what do you think? My, what do you think that serious price would be? My guess will probably be around the same as Golden State Lakers was. So maybe maybe a little bit less. So it'll be like minus 140, minus 130 for the Nuggets. See, I don't know. People are saying it will be like just a straight coin flip. Like a lot no of people way. go either, but I agree with you. I hope it's a I hope I get Denver even money to win the series there. That'll be a three unit play. <laughs> Like, like it's this is a really weird year because you know the uh, like the public teams like, but they were not good in the standings. You know, like the Lakers and the Suns and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, you know, they they're very public and people think they're very good. So, like, you know, the prices just didn't make sense. You know, like the Kings, the Kings were like really long shots to win the thing. Which you know, usually a third seed is not eighty to one before the playoffs start or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, so it's just a weird year, but I don't know. The Nuggets looked really good against Minnesota. They they're holding their own against the Suns. So I don't. They have home court advantage against the Lakers. I don't understand why. You know, they would not be a bit of a favorite, but 
Well, well, the futures market has the Lakers the favorite now to win it all. And and I was thinking, all right, is that because of the liability they have, or would they seriously would they seriously somehow be favored over the Nuggets? And and if they're favored over the Nuggets in the series, I mean, I don't know about you guys, I'm going a lot on that. I'm, I'm putting so, like I'm gonna I'm probably gonna put like fifty thousand on that on the Nuggets. So so this is this morning or before game before the Nuggets played Game Five or last night. Oh, that's that's a thing. Before they played last night, the the Lakers were one more game closer to making it to the next round. So it would make sense maybe that they're a bit more favored versus the Nuggets. Because the Let's Lakers see. are winning winning the series 3-1 instead of 2-2, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. The, let me look right now. Now I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, no, it is kind of – they're somewhat the same here. Um Plus one twenty, plus one thirty eight to win the West. So, so I think, so I think it would be, yeah, Denver would have to be a small favorite, right? Yeah, that's that's my guess. Golden State Warriors, so I think we're minus one fifty before they started playing as the Lakers. And my assumption is it'll be a little bit smaller, but not that far from there. So probably anywhere between minus one ten and minus one forty is my guess. But I really don't know. Yeah, but but you know how it is. Sometimes it surprises you, and you're like, "WTF? What the?" You know, and you and, and you bet it. But but for so. sure, sports books probably have huge liabilities on the Lakers themselves because, you know, throughout the season, they're you know they they were probably giving some really long odds, you know, when they weren't even in the playoffs, and yeah. you know people love betting the Lakers and the Yankees and the Cowboys and whatever else. So, so yeah. Well, if you, if you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, I guess I just hope I see that series price come out and it says uh, even money for Denver to win the series. And <laughs> I'm going to go 50,000. I mean, I am. What do you yeah. think? What do you think the true price should be? Yeah. Same as what you said. Yeah. Like minus probably even higher, but I don't know. Maybe I'm playing tricks with my own mind. Probably like Denver minus 160. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> rolling man like, I don't, and i'm not biased i don't i don't care that i'm here <laughs> unless i but, somehow so i ask you what does micah think Denver, man well, what's frustrating to me is we got all this future liability you and i personally on Denver, and we bet the suns every night it seems like i mean what's up with that man well they're two well they're well, they're two and one since we started betting them. And then next game, it's really hard to take the Suns next game at, at three and a half, three, because you basically had, well, it wasn't the elimination game, but you kind of had the same spot. I mean, they had to win that fourth game and you had pick them. So how do you lay three and a half now? It's, it's, it's dirty. And then you can't take the, I don't think you can take the Nuggets. That's equally dirty. Um, I don't know. That's, but I know Philadelphia, that's a good spot. Two and a half, you can take. That's a, that's a because they're both. That's that's the best spot on the board, in my opinion. Everyone give their favorite spot on the board right now. Seventy six years for me. Yeah, I mean, my guess is got to be a team from the West. I don't know which one, but about a month ago, a month ago, everybody was saying, "Man, the West is such a mess," and the East, the East has all the best teams. And like, look at the East. What happened over there? The you know the Bucks get eliminated in the first round, and uh, the Celtics are losing to the to the Seventy Sixers. So I don't know. I basically think whoever makes it from the West is just going to destroy. Maybe Philly gets there; it'll be kind of close. But I kind of feel the the West has a nice leg up now. But doesn't but but don't the Seventy Sixers have home court? Uh, well, it depends who they play against. Don't they even got Denver beat? I thought they had like 54. Nah, no, I don't, oh, I, don't, I don't think so, but I can double check. All three had home court, and I was going, all right, well, one of those three will get in and we'll, we'll be the road team, but it's still good because we uh, should... You're right. You're right. Philadelphia does have home court if they make it to the finals. Yeah. I mean, so what, do you, what would you make that line, Philadelphia and Denver, with Philadelphia home court? <sighs> My assumption is probably my assumption is it's probably depends also how they get there. Right. Like, like, you know, a lot of this stuff really ha like really matters, like how they 
you know, they they arrive there. If the Nuggets yep, need to win right. in seven games against the Suns and then they win in seven games against the Lakers and Philadelphia, you know, they 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 close out now versus Boston and then they four sweep the, the Miami Heat, the lines are going to be much different, right? So, um, but probably if Philadelphia is home court versus the Nuggets, my guess will be somewhere around Pickham, but I'm not sure. See, in that spot, if it was if it was just pick minus one ten, I would tell Dole, I would tell Michael we should probably bet the other side for because that would seem like I don't know, I don't know, man. That would seem like I was kind of thinking they'd be like minus one fifty or higher. No, no way. Really? Yeah, I don't know. The home, the home court advantage, right? Yeah. yeah well, but- yeah. But the 76ers are like still underdogs versus Boston at home. I like, know, but weird. You know that's weird. That's weird. Hold on here. That's weird. <laughs> it's just yeah. I don't know, but we'll see. I guess it's not really my domain. I have no idea what the lines should be, but that's my best guess. Yeah, but you watch this stuff daily and have to form some some solid reads. Yeah, I more think about weird shit that happens to me while I'm betting live. Yesterday I had an interesting place where I think I made a mistake and lost a bunch of money. But uh the nuggets the nuggets were six and a half point favorites, right? And uh and uh they were minus four for the first half. So so if you have a mathematical model, if you have a mathematical model and you put those inputs in, then your model is going to show that that the uh, the Suns will have value in the starting in the second half, going towards the end of the game, because if your inputs is six and a half and four, then you're telling the model that the Suns are more favored in the second half than the first half. You following? Yeah. So so in my model, which is a complete big mistake on my part, I think is I showed that there was value on the Suns plus um, Suns plus three and a half in the second half because of my first half input. And I I always have trouble like trading or betting these live games because a lot of these first half and game splits just make no sense. You know? Well, yeah, especially now. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so if you're using those closing lines as like your inputs, like your model is going to show you value in the second half that is probably not real value, but but you have to somehow respect the market in these stupid numbers because I mean Pinnacle's taking twenty thirty thousand dollars on first half lines, so yes. is Bookmaker. You know, like what are they like? I don't understand. You know, there was a there was this the uh, this game three the. The Suns, the Suns were like three or four point favorites, and the first half line was the same, or half a point below. I don't know if you saw it. <laughs> we're coming back down 0 yeah. yeah, like like the the first half line. I'm not kidding. Yeah. It was like it was Suns minus four, and yeah, first half and first half was three and a half. I think I even bet plus four. I lost. But uh, the first half line, the first, at, half? The first half line at one point was the same as Pinnacle's main line. Mm-hmm. Which well, that, was just, a, that was a thing for like years. It was a, a crazy Twitter tr- trend, like 18 and 0 coming back home, down 0-2, first half. That's and and probably it's inflated, right? It's well, there's a belief, there's a belief that teams down 0-2, at least for the first half. With the fans behind them, they'll try harder, whatever it is. And it's been coming through, but true, but you know, the sample's very small. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, at some point during that Suns game, the pinnacle first half line was the same as the game line, and I bet it I lost. Uh, but it's just crazy, you know, like when you're using these inputs for betting live, you have to be really careful, you know. Um, you have to be very careful because your model is going to be all out of whack if you're not putting actually the right the right splits. But you want your splits to to like you know 
to be similar to what the market thinks. So I'm in this spot where I don't really know what to do. But uh, but yeah, so yesterday I lost a lot of money in the Nuggets game. Luckily, I won a lot of money on the 76ers game. But it's uh, I felt that maybe I made a mistake. Like, what do you guys think about that sort of stuff? I know the bet. I, I think betting the you bet the plus four in the first half. No, no, no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, so, so you have you have a mathematical model that you have to give it inputs to. So you have to tell it what the closing line of the spread is, and then you have to tell it what the closing line of the first half is, right? right. And the model, in theory, takes into account the first half line. When, they, when they're spitting you lines where the odds should be during the second half, it's taking into account that that first right. half line is a little bit out of whack. So in those spots, would you just use a normalized first why half? Don't, why don't you just stay away from, like, those weird spots where you can't <laughs> figure out what's going on? I mean, that, that would be what I would do because they're so rare anyway. Yeah, what I what I usually do is I I set up two instances of my model, one with the weird first half line and one with the normalized first half line. And then I try to use like an average of the two. But I don't even think I don't even know if that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's well, yeah. I mean I don't know, those first half lines confuse me, so I figure you're somewhat confused. <laughs> yeah, but even the, even the game yesterday, like, why is the game six and a half in the first half four? You know, like, now nah, we're just talking about antics, right? Like, it should no, really that end. other one. No, that other one's weirder. Three and a half, and then the full game four. That one's really that. One. Uh, oh yeah, that that game was uh, completely out of whack. Um, like, what's running through somebody's mind to? Go, I'm gonna lay three and a half in the first half when it's four for the full game. Like who what are they thinking? I mean, I get it, they're going, well, they'll come out strong, but that just seems more than factor. <laughs> I don't know I don't, why people I don't know why people do it, but more it keeps winning, more crazy these lines are going to get. You know, the Suns yeah. one was the biggest one I or the most wacky one I've seen all season, all playoffs, to be honest. Usually, usually you get like a point of value. Here you got like you know one and a half point easy, maybe even close to two, right? Uh-huh. So, so it's just, uh, yeah, it's just weird. But that's been my uh, my uh, the thing that's been sunking me these first half lines in the NBA. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, I mean, I would just stay away from it at that point. If it's, I mean, unless you 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 think you're developing a read and you're just paying for the learning curve or the learning, I don't know. Yeah, are you really confused as when you started, or are you learning? <laughs> I think I'm always learning, but the problem <laughs> is that sometimes, like, if I think I'm making a mistake, like, let's say I lose a lot, did I make a mistake or I just got unlucky? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just it's just really hard in sports betting to go back and see like if you actually made a mistake or not you have to have some really like you have to really sit down and like start like looking at yourself in a different way right like you have to say like did i really just fuck up or i just got unlucky right in that sun in that sun in yesterday's second half when i bet the suns for sure for sure, I screwed up because, and what gave me what I knew the reason why I screwed up is because I bet them plus six and a half and minus 110. The line closed bookmaker minus 07 and pinnacle minus 04. So, whatever I was thinking, others were not. So, you know, at least you have the market that sometimes tells you, you know, if you're right or wrong, win or lose. But, but yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think that in ten years we won't have all these weird first half and full game split. I mean, they won't be as crazy. That's my prediction. Yeah, let's, 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 experience. Yeah, experience. Um, well, let's talk real quick. Uh, Kings Warriors. Um, it's games after game six. I'm getting blown up messages by by David. Uh, Kings plus three is going to be a drooler for Game Seven. We're going to just, it's going to be the best bet of the year. 
then here we are at betting Warriors minus one. Give me your thought process of, on how that all laid out and what moved that line, where, why that line went to one versus plus three like you thought it would be. Well, no, I thought, well, like he said, I don't remember if we were recording it. He was saying you had a team like the Kings, third seed, their record, never in history would they be 80 to one or whatever. So I kind of felt like in a game seven, people would just line up to throw money at the Warriors going, no way they're going to lose. And then you get the home team in game seven. Well, better record, but not perceived better team to everybody. And yeah, I thought we'd be staring at plus four or something. <laughs> that was that couldn't have been more wrong. But well, was- it could have it could have gone there. The problem was the game six, the Kings crushed Golden State at their house, right? Yeah. So like they won by a lot. So like I think that has something to do with it too. Like I, I think a lot of times the score of the last game. Obviously, there's some kind of zigzag going from, you know, one team wins and then the next game, like the team that lost, like, you know, there's some like contraction, let's call it, where the, you know, the zigzag theory or home and away theory, whatever you want to call it. Um, But the thing is that also that matters on what the next line should be is how much the team wins or loses by, you know, like for sure the 76ers. Like they are, if they would have won by one point or they won by 20 yesterday, those, those things affect what the new line should be or will be. But they won by, okay. So they won by 12 or they yeah, won they won 12. by 12. Don't you think it was such a dominating performance that aren't you kind of shocked to be staring at plus two right now and two and a half or no? Uh, well, uh, their, their last home game, weren't they plus three and a half? No, they closed minus one, and they were plus three when it opened. Yeah, three oh, and a half. Okay. So, so they, closed, they closed minus one. They get the win by one, and then they yeah. go and dominate in Boston. So I'm pretty surprised to see. This is people getting sticky with the Celtics and going, no way they get eliminated. Kind of what I thought would happen with that Warriors-Kings game. People are just getting really, really sticky to the Celtics. Well, yesterday, yesterday, people did not think the Celtics could lose. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, I usually bet one point of value when I'm betting live. Um, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, which is just insane, there was still two points of value on Philadelphia. At the beginning of the fourth. When they were up, single, by, they were up by 10 at least. Yeah. They, they, they were up like, I think they were up either 16 or 17. Like I made the line like 12 and a half, you know, whatever it was. And they, every single sports book at 10 and a half, you know, but that, it, but that, that's, that's, that's yeah. Okay. I actually, I did actually, I showed Dolomite. I did bet that ask him. I bet that minus 10, um, 10 and, I half, think, 10, 10 and a half is where most of the square books at it. Uh, some of the sharp books at, you know, pinnacle, I think at 12, but a lot no, of I the, laid, I laid the, the points there. I saw yeah. that too, but but my thing is at that point down sixteen, that's not they're going to come back and win. I mean, what the heck is that? that that's oh, just... of of course, but nobody believes that the seventy sixers can actually like hold the lead. You know, like that yeah. spot, that spot right there is a better spot than any other pregame bet you ever make. You're getting you're getting two free points with twelve minutes to go. Instead of what we think is two points before the game even starts, you know. You mean it's it's better than the sports four one one result? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Like okay, okay. Just 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 tell me this then. So the 76ers had a dominating year. Um, what's his name got got MVP? I think they, they swept the Nets. They why why are why is everybody going? Well, they're just not good, and and we're staring at plus two. I just don't get it. Like even even the public, I just don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know. Are they thinking Embiid's banged up still? What are they thinking? Well, I think there's a stupid narrative of Doc Rivers has been a historically bad coach in these spots. He's one of the few coaches that's lost multiple three-one leads in playoffs. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's that. Uh, Harden historically has not been good in the playoffs. Um. I think there's some of that, 
right? And then oh. there's some of Celtics uh, have been the best team for the last couple of years, and they're really good. And you know, they are they're just really good. But but what they don't realize is the Celtics they have they have a 34 year old coach who's a first time coach. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when I was 34, I there's no way I could ever be a coach, right? Uh huh. <laughs> so. So I don't know, man. It's just uh, people don't like the 76ers, I guess. So, so so let's look at the big sample size. I mean, that's that's usually what I do in these spots. The Celtics had a regular season record of 57 and 25. The 76ers, who I felt Embiid was out half the games, 54 and 28. So barely, the, the records are barely different. So I look at that and I go, okay, how is this plus? Two? Everything I look at, I'm like, how is this plus two? So I guess I'm just going to bet it for two units and get those results <laughs> even better. <laughs> Do you guys see we're not a pick servicing? We don't tell people what to bet, but <laughs> our first given pick given to the people. Do they play today or tomorrow with 76ers? Tomorrow. tomorrow. Do you think that somehow goes to three? I mean, that's insanity to me, but do you think that somehow goes to three in your opinion? I doubt it. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna fire this two and a half at Pinnacle. It's two and a half uh, minus one ten. We we should uh, make sure that Mike I get this thing out before the game on uh, before the game so people can uh, can tail David. Good. Yeah. I mean, I'll give we'll David. I'll now. tell people what to bet. Go ahead, bet that, guys. We'll get it done. <laughs> how much? Let me ask some. How much? Either Ant or probably will be the one to answer. How much is factored in for like the Suns? They're in a must-win spot. I mean, they got to shade the, the line a little bit on opening, right? I mean, half point, one point, just because they're in a must-win spot at home? Yes, 100%. They use that. They take that into account, and they also take into account the previous score of, like, the previous games. So, so yeah, that's it's that zigzag theory. I don't know exactly what it's called, but there was a study done that basically when the games go back and forth, the spread is moving, you know, back and forth based that if you won or lost the last game, then the next game you're about to play, you're going to, in theory, try harder. Can I, I ask you know. a question? Can I ask you a question yeah. about that? Okay, so my theory all these years is a team that's down two, two to three and you're going, well, this is sudden death, and they just have to – or they – for them, it's they have to win or they're out. I just kind of think that the team up three to two, uh, especially if they're traveling back home like 76ers, they're, they're kind of looking at that as like we need to win this game too and we can close these guys out today. And I, I, I don't think they're equally as like they're going 110%, they're going 95%. But I think it's I think it's closer than the team down 0-2 or 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 one to two, in my opinion. I can't yeah, I, I, obviously if the 76ers lose, now they have to go back to Boston. Boston has momentum. They're at Rome. They're gonna be whatever, six point favorites, seven point favorites. Like that's why I yeah. personally think all this zigzag shit, it's like it's like irrelevant, just like just like when I bet the first halves that I shouldn't be betting. But uh, but the lines in the markets and the people who have studied this have said that, that my theory that this whole bullshit is not really true. So, you know, once again, we have to, I think, trust the markets. But I but I think in, I think I think the two to three and the three to two is a little bit different than the first part of the series. I'm, I'm convinced. I'm just convinced. Like, I think Philadelphia's going. We have to win this game. We're in big trouble. And to them, it's sudden death, too. And and I just – I don't think it's nonsense, the zigzag, because we've been betting that strategy all these years. But on the two to three, three to two, I, I look at that a little differently. That's just my opinion. You're probably not going to find too many samples of this, but you can probably easily look back at data on those – on that scenario and see how the teams did. It's probably not that hard. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm sure it's not many instances of it. And, you know, NBA data, playoffs especially, is probably easy to find. Well, when and then and then the other thing is when you when you look at 
when you look at game four, like, let's just, I like talking about previous closes and stuff like that. Cause actual money went in on it and you know, yep. it's, it's a coin flip, et cetera, at post. Okay. So the last, the, the game four, so they're down one to two Philadelphia. So if, if that theory is right, so, so they're down one to two, it's a must win. Uh, they, they have to win that game. So it goes from three all the way to minus one. They win by exactly one. Now they just blow, they just blew them out yesterday. I just don't think there's any way we should be staring at a, at a, at a home dog here. I don't know. I just, I know, sorry to be stuck on one play, but I get like that. I get kind of like, no, two this units. Is yeah. Well, th- okay. Two units, everyone, not three. <laughs> two units. I get stuck on one player, one situation, kind of like OCD. And now I'll think about it like all day till tomorrow. Cause I'm kind of off a little bit. I just think about the same thing. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to change. But well, walk, David, walk us through that pregame situation yesterday because I mean, all morning you're you're saying, oh, there's no bet here. The line is like you thought. And then you come back six hours later. And then it's moving a little bit. And you, okay, five seconds before game time, bam, you pound it. Plus seven. Well, because, well, because, because I saw – I'm staring at uh, six and a half at seven. And then I'm going, all right, what's the cutoff here? And I'm thinking – Let's go, let's go eight. If somehow it gets to eight and then the other way, somehow it gets to five and a half. I, I doubt it though. I knew it'd be more likely eight. So then I see the eight minus oh five with 30 seconds to spare. And I go, all right, I have to, I have to do this. It's moved so much. And then, and then the other one, the Suns, I had plus seven minus oh eight. Uh, that one was the same. I mean, we were staring at that one opened, I think at four and a half. So I'm going, all right, everyone's betting Denver like it's free money again. And I think you have to fade those big moves in Ireland. You know, game. The, but but I think that game opened a little lower because there was a small chance that Jokic could have been suspended. Come on, what was the chance of that though? Let's analyze oh, that. I have no idea, but that was um, definitely I think when that price got picked, it was because of that as well. I don't I don't know. I don't know, man. But I don't know about that. <laughs> But I don't know. But the 76ers tomorrow is good. And and okay, what about the what about the Knicks today? They're down. They're down one to three. So they so they still believe because they have they have some home court games. Uh, they have two out of the three. What do you think about the Knicks minus three today? And then if the people that hear this, it's going to be over by then, unfortunately. But what do you think about that? What the game uh, game uh, two? What did it close at? Uh, oh. That was 10 because there was no Jimmy Butler. Um, yeah, this one's harder because game two didn't have Jimmy Butler. Uh, Wasn't it nice. nine? Oh, yeah, okay. I thought it was nine. It yeah, was nine. Nine or 10, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what to think of that, to be honest. But, uh, but I mean, the Knicks just got demolished in Miami. So if the true line before the season, like before the playoffs would have started, it was like five. Then three sounds about right to me, but I'm well, and sure. hero, hero and heroes out. If you want to say before the playoffs started, then it <laughs> yeah, would have but, but but I but I think but I think game one, uh, game one, it was the line closed. You know what the line closed game one? I know Randall didn't play, but he was. It, it closed. It closed. It closed. Uh, well, it closed. Was it four? I'm trying to think. Three, four, something like that, right? Yeah, so three, th- three sounds about right, but that's mostly because the Knicks. Well, now everyone's really- in too. I just, I kind of feel like, sorry to interrupt. I kind of feel like in this spot too. So they're down one to three. Do you think that the team that's down one to three in the long run, every everything's long run. Do you think they're more pumped for the game if they have two two home games left as opposed to one? Or do you think like that doesn't matter? I almost think that if they were down three to two and they like, I feel that game would feel more like, like, you know, must win, you know, because three, one, I mean, they have a big, they have a big thing ahead of them trying to win the next three games. Right. So do you think, do you think they're, if they're feeling deep down or subconsciously defeated, the other team's going, we can finish this out now, and the other team could actually have an, an emotional edge at one to three, or, and but not, not two to three. You're, is that kind of what you're getting at in the one to three yeah. spot? 
Yeah, exactly what you said about before about the three three to two thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this is hard. I mean, at straight three, I think we gotta take the mix, but it's God, man, that team's killing me in this series. You 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 can pass, bro, if you don't know, you know. No, I I I can't I can't pass when I'm going, all right, Knicks are down one to three. Um they've just definitely underperformed. Are they just not very good as Miami? I had because after after Miami knocked off the Bucks, you had to you were thinking in your head, all right, is there gonna be a letdown? Probably not that big. It's the playoffs. But then there's probably some value on the Knicks, but they're they're playing like total shit, you know. <laughs> but at three, I just feel obligated to bet it. I, I have my, I feel obligated, but that's my why my win percent isn't very good. I just maybe I just play everything that's perceived. Like if somehow they had an angle where it's yeah minus so five, and everybody else has it flat or the extra half point. I would just auto bet all these spots, you know. It's okay, man. You're betting small edges. It's totally fine. It's a but do, game. do you? It's okay if you don't agree. It's good if we don't agree too. Do you think that that minus three is a play, or do you think there's better spots than that? Well, there's not many spots, but I, do you, I like I, I like your two two unit banger more than this minus three New York Knicks. Oh, don't worry. No one's talking to me about that two unit. <laughs> As in beat scratch, and I'm, I've already got my two units in, and I'm going, what the fuck? Just play, man. <laughs> Can you imagine? How 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 soft would that? Oh, man, I would be like, what the fuck? Get in there. He's, he's 100% going to play. Come on. I know, I know. But every time I see that probable with Embiid, I'm going, how do his probables go 50% scratches or, you know, at least 50% it's a questionable. He just doesn't play. Much. And they still only have three less wins than the Celtics. So I'm going, how is this plus two at home? I don't know. All right, <laughs> enough of that game. Next topic. You want to talk about correlated parlays? No. I want to talk about a bit about things that were correlated and basically in the sports betting industry. This is a very basic concept that I think that most new bettors probably haven't thought about or don't think about it. And uh, I'll try to give you guys an example. I know that most of our people probably only listen to us for American sports, but like soccer, for instance. So whenever you have a big favor in soccer, let's call it a one goal favorite, right? Um, a lot of times when you're betting the favorite, it's the same as betting the over. Do you guys understand that or follow that? Yeah. So, so let's say it's a total of three and you have a one goal favorite. When you're betting the favorite, you're basically saying that that team is going to at least win by one goal. So they're going to, you know, score at least two. And and with the total being so so low as a three, not low as in uh, a total of three is actually really high. But for a sport where there's not that many goals, um, when you're betting the favorite, you're, most of those goals that get scored are going to be from the team that's favorite just mm-hmm. it just kind of makes sense right so yeah. what i don't want what i don't want our listeners to do um is when they're making wagers because they think it's a good wager to make i don't want them to make the opposite wager as well because maybe they don't understand how this stuff actually works so for instance in soccer when you bet the underdog a lot of times is the same as betting the under and right. and when you're betting the favorite it's a lot betting the over so try try never to bet under and favorite or try never to bet uh over and underdog those are very very correlated right makes sense so then <laughs> an, an, another correlation that comes to mind go back to american sports is if you ever bet the home team in a baseball game, then most of the times it means that they're going to only play eight and a half innings, right? So, right. so by playing only eight and a half innings, uh, it means that most likely the game will go under because that over and under is set based on, you know, uh, them playing nine innings, right? Yeah, and then or, they could win in extra innings, but yeah, I get it. So, so. So, you know, home team and under is very correlated. 
So I wouldn't want to see, watch people bet the same game. You know, I'm talking about more of our casual betters or people, you know, it's okay to lose, minimize the losses is, you know, try not to bet the under and the away team or, you know, the home team and the over. Now, of course, the home team can win 15-0 and the game goes over. That's not, you know, I'm not saying that. But most of the times when the home team is going to win, they do play one less one less half inning, and that does affect, you know, what the total of the game should be. Uh, another Another correlation that comes to mind is in tennis. Tennis, a lot of times, betting on the underdog is like betting on the over. Um, so basically the opposite of soccer. Um, usually in tennis, if the underdog wins the match, it means that they break the favorite a decent amount of times. But, you know, a favorite is still the favorite. So in every single time they're serving, you know, they're very favorite to win the game. Uh, so usually betting on the over in a tennis match is like betting the underdog and betting the under is like betting the favorite. Does that, right. does that one uh, resonate with you guys? Do you, does that make yeah. sense what I'm saying? Yeah. The tennis one I've never thought about because I don't bet tennis yeah. and this really, this seems to really apply to soccer the most, but um, yeah, I never, I never thought of that in tennis. Yeah. So it, in, in tennis is very similar to soccer, obviously not as much. Because, I mean, soccer is very unique because the totals are like two and a half goals or three goals or two two and three quarters. Um, but in tennis is the same. So I wouldn't want to see, you know, like some of our people to lay the Jokovic money line and then also bet the over of the same game. Like, try not to do that at home. Oh, right. Uh, right. Another, another one, another good one that I can think of is college football. Usually big favorites on the spread. When you bet on a big favorite, um, you're also betting on the over. Um, yeah. I don't know if, so basically college football is the only one that works like that because sometimes the spreads are really high. You know, Alabama will be minus 35 versus some other team. And then the total will be something like 50, you know? So if you're betting that Alabama is going to cover 35, most of the times when they cover 35, the game is also going to go over on the total. Yeah, that's why they won't let you correlate that one. It's a little that's bit too what, That's why some of those are not bettable, you know, in same game parlays or whatever else. Um, is there any other ones that come to mind to you guys, other ones I mentioned? Well, one thing I want to say, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, I was going to say, what about, you know, first half, big favors down big in the first half? Is there value second half taking them up the total points over? You know, if that favorite normally going to come back, they're not going to stop. They're not going to, they're going to keep trying to score, keep trying to score. So, I'm saying? so I don't know what sport it is, but I've traded lots Thank of live. Yeah. And usually, usually when the favorites are losing at halftime, usually the value is actually on the team that's winning because sports books and Sports books themselves and casual betters, they think exactly what you just said. So the sports books most of the times will inflate that price. So blindly, without being able to quantify each spot, I would be more likely to bet on the bad player that's outperforming during the game or halftime or live than to actually bet the good team to come back. Well, I mean, as far as the total, though, not, not the side. Uh, the total, I don't know about, to be honest. Um, David had a strategy like in college basketball, you know, the, the, a team that's minus set 18 pregame, they're down 10 at half. They're going to keep trying to score uh, maybe a good second half overplay, right? Because they're, they're, they don't need to win, right? Or correct me if I'm wrong, David. No, no, I would just add to my position um, if it was like a, like if the if the favor if I had minus eighteen and they were tied, um, I wouldn't be as excited about that. But if it kind of fell somewhere around what the first half spread was, I would just look at it as all right. I'm adding to the position a little bit here. If I got an extra half point or a point, but I would but to just blindly bet teams to come back that were big pregame favorites, yeah, I would never do that. 
I agree. I would just keep my foot on the gas on the dog, mm-hmm. especially in, in NFL stuff like that. Bigger because they there is this, there is a built-in tax uh, for like the Eagles to come back if they're down and stuff like that. I did want to give one tip though because I was thinking about it right now. Each sports book has their own tolerance. Like in Las Vegas, there was certain there was certain places where you could they would have set rules like okay the side to the total if the ratio is like one to less than four and a half but the total the side to the total then you could parlay it or if if uh the spread was under 12 you could parlay it and each each place kind of had their own little like built-in cutoff in the system and so my advice is try to find out where you're betting what they're what they'll let you get away with and go right up to the line so for example if you could parlay a minus 12 to the over at your sports book but 13 and higher they won't let you do it then focus then try to like auto look at the ones that are like 10 11 12 and 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 just hope that there's a good price on the on the over and the and the favorite or or at least not good but fair and you can you can you can get a lot of value doing those correlated parlays even in double digits because a lot of them will still take you can you can bet minus 10 and parlay it to over 48 a lot of places in vegas too i was just going to give that to i know a lot of guys do that yeah pinnacle when i traded college football they had the same thing i forget exactly what the numbers were but they were there was at a certain cutoff when the spread yeah. was this many points and the total is not, you know, is this low. We were not allowed to let people parlay that. So go right so, to the cutoff, everyone of, of wherever you're, because you can, you can, because you can, they just have these set rules. And, and the best one I ever saw is, well, Red Rock would let you anything less than 14 you could take dog to the under or, or favorite to the over. And then in the NFL, they would let you do any, any side to the total in NFL, even, even like 16, you could do that to the under, but I don't, I don't know if they still let you, but back in the day you could. So, so yeah, so they said, basically I wanted to just talk about correlations in general and having people think about that. A lot of times when you're making a wager, is either be on the total or on the spread, you're actually betting in a lot of sports that same other thing. It's just kind of almost the same bet, just expressed in a different way. And and I see it too much with my casual friends. They'll show me their soccer bet and they bet the over on a soccer match and they also bet the same match, the underdog. And it's just basically, I mean, that's just the stupidest thing you could be doing. So Of course, you can win both your bets or lose them both, however. Um, But if you're just, you know, if you're just a casual sports better, at least you can minimize your losses by not doing that for the same games. That's a good tip. Hopefully everybody understands why and gets that. Yeah, hopefully everybody gets that. I'm sure they will. If they're watching this, they should have a basic understanding of it. The, uh, like, do you know how to, for I did this. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Do you know how the correlation works in hockey? I know a lot of guys did the puck line to the under and over back in the day. True story. Okay. Long time ago. Yeah. Like another, another good example that I can think of, obviously you would need models to be able to quantify it, but uh, the baseball run lines, right? So as the toll as the total is, as, as the total gets lower and lower, the plus one and a half should be more and more expensive, right? Yeah. Um, because basically, oh, right. The 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 your the 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 algorithms and stuff just okay. The totals lower, juice the plus one and a half. They just automatically do all that, right? But it's not perfect. So right. if you can find, if you can find some run lines, so let's say you you know you're you're doing top. Um, sorry top to bottom like betting by just like watching for numbers that are off market um a lot of times in run lines you can actually find some value 
because some of these sports books don't actually know how to price them. So, you know, if Pinnacle has minus 170 in a run line and you can bet minus 150, but now you have enough money to only make one of these bets, you know, bet the one that has a lower total. Um, so, so it's, uh, but a lot of times if you're looking at these, you know, at, at a baseball, at a baseball card, you know, the total might be in one game seven, another game nine, and the run lines will be like somewhat similar. And in those spots, obviously that's not the case. Doesn't, doesn't pinnacle, like if it says steam play on under nine in a baseball game, don't you just automatically see the, the run line, the juice when go I, up like instantaneously when, or right. When I worked at pinnacle, we used to do those by hands. Uh, really? now I'm, yeah, now I'm sure they have automation, but I mean, you know, I haven't worked there since, uh, what year is it? Since 2017, but we used to, we had a spreadsheet that we would put in, we would put in the money line, we would put in the total and the spreadsheet would tell us what the run line was. Okay. So, so if yeah. I took a bet, if I took a bet on the under, I would have to, I would really quickly move the money, the run line, but then I would put it in my spreadsheet to make sure that I, my guesstimation was correct. But nowadays with their automation, when you do, when they do take bets on the under, then their, their spread also moves. And I noticed that with soccer as well. There's times where I would bet the under on a soccer game and their spread would move at the same time. So uh, maybe the people that, maybe the people that are out there chasing numbers, you could put that into your strategy if you if rather than just chase the total really quick, just quickly look at the run line. Maybe yeah, you could, you could do that too. Yeah. And uh and basically a lot of sports are like this, where like you know, all the lines are like together, they mean one thing, you know. And a lot of times our brains are like the way like if you don't know too much about sports betting, we think that each individual line is its own different thing. And that's not really how it is. Yeah, because they're all somewhat correlated. Even if it's like the correlation's like 0.1, even if it's, there's still something there. It's not yeah. like, it's not like soccer though, where it's just massive and it's a total disaster if you, if you yeah. bet opposite Stock individual. Soccer is, so I don't know, we, we bet a lot of soccer and in a full year, we've probably made, I don't know, thousands of wagers, thousands and thousands of wagers. We never once bet the over and the underdog. Never right. once bet the favorite and the under of the same game. It was always, you know, the you know, the opposite or whatever. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, but yeah, just, just, just I want our I want our people to just to think about each line and what it means. And if you're betting two different lines in the same game, think about if they're correlated with each other or not. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought of the tennis one. I've just never given any thought or the people that bet tennis just bet on the player on the side, I guess. And they didn't, they didn't do the, um, the totals. Yeah. All right. That's all I really have for this week. What do you, yeah. uh, so we're going to cheer for – I'm actually going to bet that game live tomorrow, so I'm going to be cheering for your 76ers tomorrow, uh, Dave. Oh, that's a standard play, man. It's good when there's a standard play on the board where you know there's value and you do, and you sleep good at night. With that Knicks, you don't know what's <laughs> – you're throwing hard. <laughs> uh, everything lines up, the fundamentals in the 76ers. They don't line up at all in the Knicks. You're over here, then you're here, then you're here. like a woman's brain. Here, here, here. Uh, no offense. <laughs> All right. Well, and real quick before we leave, uh, what tell us exactly like how does your business scale? So are you constantly looking for a new new outs. I'm sure you deal with limitations just like David. So I mean, how do you scale your business as far as you know finding the right accounts? And I, I know you you see what I'm saying. Um, well, to be honest, that part of the, uh, my business is, uh, dealt by my partner, which, you know, you know them, um, uh, but yeah, they, they're, 
the main thing is that people don't realize is to be able to bet a lot, you have to have a lot of accounts. Um, and uh, basically, we we reach out to people and people reach out to us to bring us accounts. We use them. We use their accounts and uh, and we share the winnings with the person that brings us accounts. Uh, there's many different types of deals that you strike with people. Uh, it could be, you know, a straight down the line, 50-50 equity deal or 60-40, whatever it is. Uh, or you can, a lot of times we get a lot of market accounts and we give people free rolls. Um, you know, 20, 20% is roughly, you know, the most we ever give people. Um, but yeah, you just always have to, I don't do any of this, but I have a partner who spends his whole day. I'm doing the betting and he spends his whole day just finding us new accounts all the time. Sure. When you say, when you say market account, ones that you're just playing the market with a higher edge, like that no, no, market, market market accounts. Uh, I mean, stuff that's like uh, regulated that isn't you know credit side. Okay. Oh, because okay. Yeah. So so market accounts market accounts are tougher to get because with geolocation you have to be able to beat it, and also people have to deposit money inside the market accounts, right? Yeah. And then, and then people there's all kinds of nasty logistics. There's taxes that people have to pay if they win. Um, there's uh, there's uh you know a lot of the market accounts you have to deposit the money in advance uh so mm -hmm. it really depends what kind of accounts you bring us and what kind of deal we give them we give people but uh but uh but yeah i don't know too many of the specifics because i don't really deal with it but uh but yeah you have to have people bring you accounts um our group our group has had something in the last two years like over two thousand accounts closed which when you think about it, it's crazy, right? Because there's only 365 days in one year. That's great. <laughs> so we, ha we have a spreadsheet. Every time one of our accounts gets closed, we just put it like in the, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the dead file. And uh, it's insane how many accounts just get closed all the time, but it's just part of the business. The problem is that like at, when you're trying to bet a scale, you don't want to bet Pinnacle or, or bet Chris because then their line moves and everybody else's line moves as well, right? Yeah. So, so, so you have to not hit them. Um, and even if they have a good, a good price, you still don't want to hit them because, you know, there's this idea where like, oh, you have to get closing line value when you're making these wagers. But it's actually getting closing line value for people who are originating. It's actually bad. Because what happens Explain. is, what's up? Explain that. Go ahead. Yeah. So what happens is, let's say I show value on team A uh, this week and I bet it. And then that line steams, moves two, three points, whatever it is. And then next week, how likely you think there's going to be value again? So, so if you're beating, if you're like, you know, if you find value I on... Sorry, what's up, Dave? I get that. I get what, where you're going with this. Yeah, so so let's say you find, you know, the market underestimates how good this certain team is, and you want to bet it. If you make the line steam, you are actually are less likely to show value yeah. again on that team the following week. Mm -hmm. So this idea that closing, closing line value, of course, is important, but when you're betting at large scales and you're originating – like beating the closing line is actually quite bad. So that's why we try never to bet Pinnacle or bet Chris or any of these books that people follow. And it's not because whatever, like we don't think we can beat them. It's because, you know, the market will remember that team A moved 20 cents. So next time they'll open the line, you know, 10 cents more expensive than it should be. That's interesting. Uh, because we would have thought that, that your very last bet would be, at those places but yeah that makes sense and I, I never thought of that <laughs> yeah so in live it's different you know we do bet those places um because because whatever the game is so fluid and it's different but well, well, can, uh, I, can i ask you a question so another reason that you wouldn't want to make your final bet at those places is don't they key the closing line for your entire live betting there's that well there's that too there's there's 
if if they're most companies, the, what they'll do is they'll have closing line value, but instead of using their own line, let's say I'm DraftKings or FanDuel or some shitty sports book. I'm not going to run a database to see how my customers are doing against my closing line because my closing line is I'm always going to just copy what Pinnacle or Beckress has. So mm-hmm. I need to run my customer's closing line value against what Pinnacle pricing closing line is. So, so if you're smashing the market too, your accounts have less, you know, like longevity. So, so A, the sports books or the market will catch on the teams that have value. B, they will check the closing line value against Pinnacle. So like why hit Pinnacle? And, uh, and uh, finally, Pinnacle isn't stupid. Like, let's say you have a really, really good NFL live model and you start crushing Pinnacle, they're going to reverse engineer every single wager you've made, understand your edge, and fix it on their end. Right. Seems kind of hard if you have a lot of different variables. Seems well, tough. Well, we did it for basketball when I worked there, and that was many years ago. That we had one customer who was killing us for millions. Like we used to do the, we used to do the, uh, we used to do the lines by hand. We didn't even have a model, okay? But this customer will crush us, completely crush us. And literally, there's game state data that you can get. So when the wager came in, you know exactly how much time there's left in the game. You know exactly what the score was. You know everything. And then our smart people that worked at the company, they sat there and reverse engineer all the guys, thousands and thousands and thousands of guys' wagers. And they came up with a mathematical model. By the time I left, like roughly that, about that time, they had come up with something. And the guy went from having, I don't know, X amount of wagers. That, that first year they used the model, the guy had half of the wagers. Right? See that? He needed a guy to switch out his accounts every six months. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so, like, you have to even be careful, like, with that type of stuff. You know, that's why it's sometimes, like you said, they thought that our last bet would be a pinnacle. But most of the times when we bet and and the market steams, like pinnacle and Beckris steams, it's because people are greedy and not us. The people that bring us their accounts – so, like, they bring us an account. They see us that we bet minus 110 in a tennis match, and they see that Pinnacle is at minus 105. What do you think these greedy fucks are going to do? They're going to go and bet their Pinnacle account. <laughs> and, and we can't police that, right? Like, they, yeah. just, they just do it. Right. Uh, but they don't understand, and it's a fucking – it's always, a, like, a never-ending battle. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> so we, so a lot of times we have to figure out, okay, which account do you think triggered this yeah, move? Then sometimes we start putting fakes in people's accounts. This is a true story. Really? Oh, just and, to see what? Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, and we do it's this. It's like uh, three suspects and you're like, all right, let's narrow it down here and let's put a fake one in each one and see which one. Yeah, I get it. I understand. Like, like Micah doesn't know this, but we've tested him too. Like there, there was times where our soccer was moving a lot and, uh, and it could have been only like one out of like four groups and Micah would help us with it. And there would be plays where we will only send it to Micah and not the other people and then see if a line moved. Right. hundred percent. He's betting them too, but just that FanDuel or something. Yeah, exa- just- exactly. He, but he's telling us and I know Micah and I trust this guess. But he's, he's telling me he's betting only DraftKings and FanDuel, and I believe he is, that. He, he is. But, but, no, 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 we've tested him plenty of times. Every time we've had, we didn't know, like, we would test you him. You passed the test, Micah. I passed, man. <laughs> but, but we don't know if the guy he's getting a FanDuel account from or the guy he's getting a DraftKings account for. We don't know what that person is doing, right? Right. No, they're lower end guys. They don't even know how to make a sports bet. <laughs> but, but yeah, they're, they're safe. <laughs> that shows as well like how hard it is to scale this business when you can't bet at the sharp books that take 
normally take, you know, big wagers. Yeah. You can't bet there. So you have to have these lower end books with a lot of them just to try to scale. The, it, it makes it tough. Oh uh, yeah. We, we made a tennis wager earlier today and, uh, to get like $40,000, we had to bet hundreds of accounts, hundreds. Jesus. You wow. know, like, like, because every single account, 50% is the person who brings it. 50% is me, right? Then, then I, we have to give some of the money that we yeah. have to the person who gives us the bet, right? I mean, like, this is just serious hurdles, man. You deserve to make a lot of money. That, that would just annoy the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> dude it's it's insane like and you know and obviously you need a bot because you can't physically bet hundreds of accounts so it's just it's just you know it's hard and live in live is much easier because you know they they do some of these places take bigger clicks and you know we live is so many opportunities that we try we're very conservative and uh you know, we, we prefer to have many, many positions throughout a live game than just have one really big position. So we bet a lot less per, you know, per bet. But in pregame, if you want to get down a lot, you need a lot, a lot of accounts. I love these stories about testing Micah. And I love all this. <laughs> Dude, I, it's like, we have, oh, thank God. Well, like, you know, we have all kinds of is like that you just kind of have to do it right because if you're moving for other people you're like when you're making your own bets who cares but if you're moving for others and they expect like the line not to get demolished you know if you don't do these type of tests like you don't have people asking you to move for them right yeah now we always we never guarantee people the line's never going to move but we're going to try our hardest not to make it move you know, right. or make it move a too much because most people who originate, they don't want that shit to move. They don't want any closing line value because they want the value on that team again the following week. Right. <laughs> you passed, yeah. Micah. This seems Sorry. tough. Now I got to bring that up all week. <laughs> I mean, it seems tough. I, I mean, I've seen Ant's partner call me up and say, all right, watch the screen. So this is on a bigger – well, that's hard for me to say because I'm in the United States. It seems in my head that college football is bigger than soccer, which I know it's not, but it's just in my head. You know, so I've seen him watch the market move. He'll click a button and it goes haywire, right, the screen does. Yeah. It's hard for me to – if he's doing the same thing on, on a soccer, I can imagine it just going haywire. I mean, how do you not make that line move? It's just, it, I don't know. It, it why, seems why like, he, hold on. Hold on. Why would he randomly call you and go, hey, what? Well, just, just to show me how it worked. Just to, I mean, initially, this is when I first met these guys. Just to okay. show the power they had, you know. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Avoid the Trap podcast. If you'd like more betting tips or want to learn how you can partner with us, go to our website www.avoidthetrap.com Until next time, remember, to the victor belong the spoils.